Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You have the power to create the life you want. How? Visit the web store on www.iempower.com to find out more. That's i-em-power.com. This past Sunday, September 25th, the sports world was rocked by the passing of two major stars. 24-year-old Miami Marlins pitcher Jose Fernandez was tragically killed in a boating accident off of Miami Beach. And 87-year-old major champion and golf ambassador Arnold Palmer passed away in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania after a brief illness. While these two were at two different stages of their lives and careers, the world was shocked and saddened by the passing, sudden passing of these individuals. We here at the Huddle Up Podcast and NGSC Sports honor both of these men now with a moment of silence. NGSCSports.com. After a week off, we are back. We are glad to be with you on Wednesday, September 28, 2016. We're here live at NGSCSports.com, where we never stop. Visit the site for all the shows, all the written content, and much, much more. Check out all the shows across the NGSC Sports Radio Network by visiting Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn Radio app. Search NGSC. You can podcast our show directly. On iTunes and on Android, just search, uh, I think it's Huddle Up with Jim and Dave. Make sure you check that out. We have a link on our Facebook page, so if you want to find us, uh, our iTunes link is there, facebook.com slash huddleuppodcast. You can follow me at Big Jim Sports, and you can follow Dave at dgerhart 24 You can email me, bigjimsports, at gmail.com, and... I thought I'd uh, change up the theme music this week as we bring Dave in. I, something I, I, I've been telling him for weeks. I'd be catching up in the Pick'em standings, and I think I'm making a little bit of ground. So, Dave, you don't mess around with Jim. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing wonderful, big uh, Jim. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. So, we took the week off last week. It was a little bit unplanned. Uh, both of us uh, had, had a pretty wild week, and, and we apologize for taking the week off. Um, but, uh, we're, we're back at it. We updated the standings on the Facebook page last week. Um, so before we get to this week's pick and this week's game breakdown and everything, Dave, um, 
obviously we had the 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 moment of silence to open the show just a a, a rough weekend there um and and like i like i said in it uh you know two guys at different stages of their career but um tragic on both ends and and it's it's a it's a sad thing and i know i was watching some of the uh the uh, procession that the, uh, the through the streets of Miami today, and it's just it it it, it really does rock you it, to to think of somebody at, at the early stage of their career like that to uh, for the career and life to be cut short, and then obviously um, on the last day of the of the PGA Tour season uh, for golf in the world to lose Arnold Palmer, and then going into the Ryder Cup this weekend. Um, it, it, it almost kind of brings chills to you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just, uh, incredible. I mean, I, I remember waking up on uh, Sunday morning and seeing about, uh, uh, Jose and it was, uh, quite a shock to say at least, uh, one very, very promising career. And you, you think about it and you think if there's any other players in the game right now that have that, uh, a similar reaction to it. And I don't know that there is. I mean, there's there's a couple really good young players, but given everything uh, that Jose went through and given everything that uh, he had to do just to pitch in the majors, I don't know that anyone else would have a a similar re- reaction uh, across the league as if uh, this happened. I mean, God forbid it happened to anyone else, but uh, if this happened to anyone else, uh, I don't know that they'd get the same type of reaction. Or uh, I mean, they they get the respect, obviously, but I don't know that this would be the, the outpouring of emotion that it is Currently for Jose, uh, I think it's I think it's a tribute to him. I think it's something that shows uh, how well he was respected by not just his teammates but his opponents. I mean, we saw across uh, different many different teams pay tributes to him in uh, various different ways, and uh, I, I actually thought that the tributes went above and beyond what they generally do uh, for something like this when it happens. So I think that's a testament to Jose, and uh, it, it's it's almost disappointing for baseball just for the sheer fact of how much promise he had in his career and how uh, how uh, the, the sky was a limit in the potential for him. I saw somewhere that his, uh, his ERA at home is like 1.64 or something. And I'm quoting stats that could not be – that might not be correct, but uh, a, home, a career home ERA of 1.64, that's something that might never be broken, in all honesty, on how uh, astounding that number is. I don't know if you want to throw any comments on uh, Jose prior to moving to Arnold, but uh, I'll, I'll – Pitch that back to you there, real quick. Yeah, no, I, I think you, I think you hit the nail, uh, you know, on the head pretty good there, Dave. It just to, you know, it, to sum it up, yeah, I mean, the guy had the absolute world in his hands, and and was a, a unbelievable talent. And you know, when you when you see, uh, you know, the 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 home run to open up the game, uh, you know, their their first game back, and um the the way not only the team but the the people in the crowd uh reacted to it um it tells you that you know it's a reminder that sports reach beyond uh the, the playing field and really reach and, and touch people's lives and i think that that's you know sometimes lost in in all of this is you have these individuals who you know they they, they do depending on the story they can reach through and they can grab you uh, for more than just what they can do on a on a you know on a, a sports field, <clears throat> so yeah, it's um you know there's there's really not any words when when somebody is so young uh, passes away uh, for for um, it, for any reason um, that you you find yourself wondering 
Why? I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here at 31 and thinking, you know, uh, for a person that, that seven years, um, my junior to, to be at, you know, just coming into the absolute pinnacle and prime of his career to be, to be cut short like that is, uh, yeah, you, you, you want to question it, but in the same time, you know, you just think you, you just have to tell yourself that there's a, a plan and a reason for everything. That's exactly it. I mean, you, you, you look at it and you say, I mean, it, it, and I look at it and I say, if it's something that can affect me positively, how am I going to make this positive? And you think about it and you say, well, I'm going to live day and try and be better that if something happens, I had such a positive legacy behind me or something along those lines that you're going to try and just be positive every day. And that's about your best you can do on that. So um, definitely something that impacted a lot of people across the league. Uh, I was shocked by the amount of posts that I had on Facebook regarding it uh, from people that I wouldn't expect. I mean, a diehard baseball fan, yes. But uh, there were a lot of additional people that were just shocking that they posted it across Facebook and were actually affected by it. So um, I think that, again, is back to a tribute to Jose and uh, how positive and uh, how loving he was within the game. So uh, positive on that note, um, switching to Arnold Palmer, I'm going to move on. If you have anything else, uh, cut me off and go for it. No, go uh, ahead. Go ahead. Not, I'm going to move on. Move on to Arnold. Uh, definitely uh, someone before my time. Uh, you might remember watching Arnold play in your childhood. I don't really know about that or not, but uh, he was before my time. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Got the first one in tonight. Uh, that's four consecutive shows. Just throwing that out there. 4-0 <laughs> undefeated. So, um, definitely with Arnold, though, I mean, it's, it's definitely, uh, to me, it's obviously he had the impact on the game of golf. Um, something I don't think we need to go into any detail on. Uh, clear cut. Uh, no doubt he made the, he, he evolved the sport. Probably uh, the, the only equivalent that we can make uh, or even attempt to make is what uh, the, the effect of, that uh, Tiger Woods had on golf. Uh, it's kind of the, the same magnitude that Arnold had on it. Um, so I think that goes without saying, but uh, again, a absolutely uh, clear-cut gentleman off the links. Uh, not, not much else to say other than that, other than uh, just a pure great human being um, doing as much as he can for the game that he loved. I think he has 300-some courses across the, the world. Uh, I know he has courses on five out of the seven continents, so that's pretty uh, interesting to say the least. But uh, definitely an amazing uh, amazing guy. And uh, I, I could tell you one thing, it's not going to be the same uh, without seeing him at Augusta in the spring. Uh, it was definitely not the same, uh, not seeing him pers- participate in the opening tee shot this year, but he was still there. But uh, there's going to be that empty chair this year that uh, – we all know Arnie should be sitting in, and uh, he's not going to be. So it's uh, definitely going to be changing the Masters, but uh, what can you do? I uh, just hope uh, everyone continues to talk about him and keeps his uh, legacy ongoing. Yeah, I I, I absolutely, you know, there, there, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, his legacy will um, ring through. And, and obviously with the Ryder Cup this weekend, uh, a lot of talk will be uh, about Arnie and, uh, when it, the the new season starts and and the the first four majors, uh, one of each uh, that that happen that are played, I'm sure he'll be uh, the focal point of the beginning of all of them, especially at Augusta. Yeah, uh, right away I, I thought back to this year um, when the Masters was played and and to see him not tee off and and you know at that moment you that was the first time 
because uh, all I can remember, Dave, I'm not uh, that old. <laughs> um, you might be balder, though. I'm not sure. We'll have to do a we'll have to do a picture compare and contrast one time. But um, <clears throat> this, hey, the chicks love the shiny head. That's true. That is un <clears throat> that is undeniable. <clears throat> but uh, you know, I, I hear stories and listening to sports radio this week and and. Um, I'm just hearing different stories of you. You go to any of his courses that he would, uh, if he was there, would 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 just drive around and talk to people and get to know people and sign autographs and and take pictures and things um, of, of anybody that was playing his course. And he would always thank them for playing his courses. And um, if you would shake his hand, you know his 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 grip. They always said that his handshake felt like a like a bear, like it would be crushing your hand and. Um, you know, the the Masters this year, I remember thinking like, you know, he he kind he kind of just looks um, like frail, like almost that. Uh, it's the first time that you've seen uh, you've seen him where he does he doesn't have that stature that you think of when you think of Arnold Palmer, and um, it uh, it kind of struck me a little bit, and and uh, you know. You wake up Sunday morning and you hear the news about Jose Fernandez, and then later in the evening it starts coming in about Arnold Palmer, um, and it, it's two completely different scenarios, um, you know, generations between the two. And definitely, I think the uh, I think the one thing that really shocked me is the fact that I didn't even know uh, Arnie was even doing bad. I knew he was uh, a little sick, but I didn't know he was. Uh, close to this state so that kind of uh was a it wasn't the fact that he passed but it was just kind of a curveball that uh you knew he was i didn't even know he was uh close for lack of better terms like uh you think about muhammad ali and it was like uh oh i knew he was you know getting down that road but this was just a complete curveball to me uh sunday evening right yeah i mean you, you know at 80 or 87 uh you know you you there's you know, unless it's a, like unless it's a like a car accident or some sort of uh, you know freak accident, something like that. You know, at eighty seven, um, I, I, it's more sad than tragic, I think. But yeah, I wasn't aware um, really that he was uh, you know in, in in that poor of health. So um, you know, and and you know, you're you're watching football, and and it completely slipped my mind. Like that's how crazy. Uh, the, the past, the past week, week and a half, two weeks has been is, um, I was, I like totally even blank that this weekend was the, the, the final day of the, the PGA tour season. And, um, you know, for him to, uh, for him to pass away, uh, on, on the last day like that is, is, um, you know, it, it kind of makes your hair stand on end. And, um, you know, the, the game of golf, I, I think you hit it perfectly, um, straight down the middle landed on the fairway is uh that how do you do that teach me i need to repeat that <laughs> i gotta get somebody to teach me uh but i think you Keep i think <laughs> i think you i think you um you know you you summed it up perfectly that um you know he was the he was the he did more for the game than anybody else and the only person that can um even be compared um is tiger woods and and you know, I know for me, you know, cause, cause I know for me growing up, it, it was, it was Tiger Woods and my want to see Tiger succeed. And my want, uh, even now, like I want him to come back and I know he's not going to break the record, but to, I want to see him have one more, 
good run um, to, to come back when I guess he's going to start at the beginning of the new season. Just come back and, and, and have one more good run so we have that like that, that glimpse of what it was. It's not going to be the, totally the same, but um, you know, for for what Arnie did for the game, and um, you know, a game that, that you and I both love is, uh, you know, you can't measure it. And and for somebody like him and somebody like Jose Fernandez, it's 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 a sad reminder that <clears throat> these these athletes that we watch and and let them entertain us, uh, and at times they almost seem superhuman uh we we are so many times reminded that they are not and and it's a it's sometimes a sad reminder of that but uh nonetheless we are reminded so uh we you know again our thoughts to um the family of uh, Arnold Palmer and Jose Fernandez obviously uh his teammates the colleagues and uh and fans because at the at the heart of it that's what we are you know, we uh, we love to have fun with each other on this show, um, make our predictions uh, same as uh, anybody does. Uh, but at the heart of it, we're fans, and um, the, the the sports world that's who we are. We we are kind of this uh, worldwide community of people who love whatever sport it is, and um, we uh, we all grieve this week uh, the loss of, of two superstars. Yes, definitely on that. Uh, definitely a, uh, a somber week. And I mean, uh, personally for me, watching that uh, the celebration of uh, Jose's life that the Marlins put on was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, my, my heart goes out to D. Gordon and the rest of the team on how they have to actually play the next, uh, I guess it's what, five games of the season at yeah. this point. But uh, that, that, that's definitely got to be something that's uh, unthinkable for the rest of the league. Uh, and how they actually continue at this point, but uh, you have to do what you have to do. And uh, Parker's out to all the the the, the teammates and uh, families, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So let's um, you know, let, let, let's press on. You know, as we do, and as everything does, let's press on here. And, and we're going to look at just real quick, Dave. Um, let's do kind of what is our biggest story in the two weeks. Uh, since we, uh, since we have last been on the air, uh, obviously for me, it's going to be no surprise here. Finally, the, uh, the hashtag fire are we starting van with college. Or are we starting with NFL? Uh, we'll I don't st- want to hear about your teams twice. We'll, we'll, we'll start with college and I'll just do, we'll just do the kind of the, uh, the all encompassing though. Um, what, what's your biggest, uh, biggest thing to take away from the last two weeks and mine, uh, unfortunately is Notre Dame is one in three. Um, but, uh, you know, th- this is kind of the, the thing. And th- this is what I'll say about it is, um, you know, it's, as much as I've harped on the defense and those who follow me on Twitter, uh, know I was very much on the fire Van Gorder train and they have done that. So I'm happy about that. Um, but the thing that stuns me more about, um, Notre Dame is, is the, the play on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, the offensive line has really been putrid. The running game hasn't been able to get going. Uh, the passing game has been, um, you know, has has had shades of brilliance, but just shades of, um, you know, just complete mediocrity. Uh, it, and it's a failure on both sides of the ball. And going forward now, you know, they're already at one and one and three. 
Um, you can still salvage something. Obviously, the playoffs are long gone. Uh, the chance of any national title long gone at this point. But as I'm, you know, as I'm sitting here and you know they're going in, they're playing Syracuse on Saturday, and I'm like, there's a chance they lose this game. But now, now's the time because I love Brian Kelly and I love what he's done for Notre Dame. But if he can't make this into at least a seven-win team, and if this thing continues to go sideways and there's no improvement um, on there, – there's going to be marginal improvement, I would think, on the defensive side of the ball. You're playing with an interim uh, defensive coordinator at this point. But it, on the offensive side of the ball, if he can't get – uh, a reaction out of his players and his players to turn it around, um, then unfortunately I, I'm going to be in the hashtag fire Kelly camp. Uh, j just begin, not because I don't think he doesn't deserve to be there or can't win there, but if, if this isn't a wake-up call, um, then I don't know what is and I don't know where he can go from here. And I, I said I, every time – one of uh, one of my team's coaches gets gets fired, um, and, and it has to do something with losing the locker room. And Dave, you know I'm going to bring up Bruce Boudreau in Washington when he was coaching the Caps. The minute you lose the room, there's nothing else that can be done, regardless of how good the coach is. Um, so if Brian Kelly can't get a turnaround of, on this team, then to me it says that he's lost that room. And even though there's you know turnover every couple of years with personnel, um, I, I think that the that the time has passed and and the Notre Dame would need to look elsewhere, especially considering uh, this off season could be a huge, um, you know, a huge year for coaching turnarounds. A lot of big names I think are going to be out there. So uh, if if now's a, if if there's ever a time for Notre Dame. To look elsewhere, uh, this might be the year to do it. I just want to ask you one question, Big Jim. It's been eating at me for ten days now. Sure, but I need an on I need an honest answer. Okay, and I know you're I know you're scared. I'm terrified. That. Would you, in your wildest dreams, predicted after four weeks of college football, that the Dallas Cowboys without Tony Romo would have more wins? In Notre Dame? Oh, not 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 in the slightest. Uh, th there's no way that I, I would have thought at worst Notre Dame would have been three and one. Uh, and when Tony Romo went down, um, after three weeks, I I would have thought that that two and one probably would have been would have been a pretty high shot. Um, I mean, you had the Bears, so I figured there's at least one win. And you have you have two division games to open up. I, I thought it would have been uh, I thought it would have been real tough for the Cowboys to uh, to do anything be anything better than two and one. So I would have thought one and two, uh, or or you know, at, at, obviously at worst case scenario would have been zero and three. So yeah, no, I, I would have never thought it. I, I honestly wouldn't have not in, not in, not a chance. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely something that's uh, shocking. I mean, I'm not shocked that Michigan State beat Notre Dame because I believe someone on the show predicted it, but I'm not mentioning names. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who that was. I don't know who that was at all. I know it wasn't you, so I'll just leave it, it at that. It certainly wasn't me, but so I we'll think, leave it at that, yeah. I, I just want to make it uh, – make it uh, the, the, the thing that has stuck out the most to me 
more so, I'm going to go the NFL route since you sure. were in college. Uh, split the differences because I, my opinion is always more valued than yours, and uh, we're going to continue on with that. So, um, But uh, the, the thing that has stuck out to me this year in the NFL is how evenly matched all these teams are. I mean, you look at the – I don't want to pick on my Panthers, but you look at my Panthers, they're one and two, and uh, they literally could be three and oh right now without uh, blink an eye. But at the same point in time, they literally could be 0-3. They're that close. Uh, they beat San Francisco, but the game was close in the fourth quarter. A couple turnovers late that uh, led them to victory. But uh, at the same time, you, you, you could easily be 0-3 if you're the Carolina Panthers right now. And, uh, I mean, you, the two teams that you have lost to are both 3-0. and That's uh, – Slight plus, I guess. Uh, I mean, losing games still doesn't help, but uh, it, it's just interesting to me. Uh, I, I, I've been a fan of the NFL for God knows how long, but uh, I, I don't know that I remember a time that aside from the, to me, the only team this year that is clearly above the rest at the moment is the Patriots. They don't even have their best quarterback. I mean, hell, Julian Edelman's their backup quarterback this week. <laughs> But uh, you, you look at the teams, and they are literally – I mean, you go team two through team 29, team 30 maybe, team 31, they're pretty close. I mean, there, there is some uh, parity within the NFL this year. I mean, parity is the word of the year in the NFL. I mean, I, I almost I, – I think I saw some ridiculous stat. And, uh, is, again, this is the terrible old man memory, but uh, – the I think 11 or 12 of the underdogs covered this past week in the NFL, which is something that's unheard of. Uh, so it's, it's, it's been an interesting year in the NFL, to say the least. Uh, I think you have a whole bunch of teams that are very, very even, and it's going to depend, their season is going to depend on a couple of the key swing games, for lack of better terms, that they need to win. Um, perfect example, this past weekend, I thought uh, Cincinnati had a swing game that was in a really good position for them versus Denver, and they let me down. But uh, I should be used to getting let down by the Bengals. So <laughs> my hopes you, you and the high. entire city of Cincinnati. Well, if you live in Ohio, you've got to expect it. So, I mean, it, it comes without saying. I mean, the Indians are going to be the next team that lets them down. So sure. they'll move on to football at that point. Uh, yeah, yeah. When you're when you're resting your hopes on the Browns and the Bengals, uh, you know you're you're in deep shit. The NBA will be starting up uh, a lot sooner for the city for the uh, state of Ohio than it will be for uh, wait, everybody wait, wait, else. Jim. <laughs> Jim, I thought we were a sports podcast. I didn't know that we were covering the NBA. <laughs> well, that that's about as much NBA coverage as you'll get on this show. Okay, we mentioned it at least, so we're good. We are good. Uh, yeah, no, you you yeah. bring up a great point. The the it's going to come down to a lot of these, uh, you know, I think division matchups are going to be huge, obviously, when you're looking at playoff implications, you know, the tiebreakers go to division matchups and head-to-heads. And um, so, you know, division divisional matchups, when you have so many teams that are so close together are, are going to speak volumes as to who who's in and who's out uh, later in the year. So, um you know, I know. You know, right now in the NFC East, you think the Giants are ahead of the Cowboys because of the division matchups, and and but you know, every division is tight, um, obviously, except for the AFC East, and and the Patriots are are just seem so far out ahead of everybody else, and and people are going, how do they do this? Like coaching, 
Um, you know, Bill Belichick, for as much as people can hate him, or um, I, I think a lot of that hate is derived from uh, the fact that he's just that good. Um, the the the, the Patriots. You know what? What's this that? Whole, this whole Belichick talk. I got to make a comment on that. Okay. I really want to know how good of a quarterback Tom Brady would be without Bill Belichick because he just made a freaking. I don't even know what the word schmuck. He just made a schmuck that had no NFL experience look like a god in an NFL game. Can yeah. You imagine if he had a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or Andrew Luck. Can you imagine if Andrew Luck was wow. Bill Belichick's quarterback? That yeah, it would be a it would be obscene. It really would. Um, no, this, you bring this up whole a, thing. This whole thing really makes me question how good Tom Brady is. And I know it's a question that's been on Giselle's mind for a couple of years, but <laughs> how good is Tom Brady? I mean, yeah, when she's the, I mean, she's the breadwinner of the family. So I mean, he, he has his sugar mom, but that's a, that's another absurd uh, thing. And in, in the interest of time, I'm not even going to, going to even mess with that one, but no, it, you, you bring up something that is a very intriguing, uh, a very intriguing question uh, because we don't know what Brady would look like. You you look at college um, and what he was, or I guess what he wasn't in college. I had to laugh. Obviously, uh, my wife the, is a Michigan fan, and uh, we were watching. Um, I think I guess it was their home opener um, or one of their uh, nineteen home games that they have this year, and Tom Brady was there. And they're showing this, uh, they're showing like a like a highlight package of him, and I'm like, they're making it look like he was a Heisman Trophy winner. Like every every highlight of him had to have been from from fourth quarters when either they were way ahead or way behind. Like the guy rarely played at Michigan. Um, obviously, you know, they, they honor him because of what he is now, but I think it's funny. They're showing Michigan highlights of Tom Brady. Uh, the most shocking of which that none of them showed him holding a clipboard. Um, because that's the only way we can compare him. I mean, he came in, he took over for Bledsoe and has never looked back, but yeah, what would he be? Um, it's, it's my whole question. Is it Brady or is it Belichick? Oh, and it's my argument I have all the time, and I am a hundred percent hell bent on the answer being Belichick. I'm not. I'm not that? necessarily going to say a hundred percent. And the only reason I'm not going to be at a hundred percent with you, Dave, is Joe Montana. And, and what I mean by that is, is Joe wasn't the best at Notre Dame. Uh, obviously, went to San Francisco, had huge success there, uh, and then when he left San Francisco, now we're talking at the end of the end of his career. He goes to Kansas City, a team that hadn't made the playoffs maybe since like Super Bowl three. I, I'm not sure uh, on the exact number, but they weren't exactly uh, a, a playoff contender at that point. And I believe he took them in his his first year in Kansas City uh, to it was either it was either just to the playoffs and maybe even to the AFC title game. So there's part of me that you know because the the argument was is Joe Montana's system quarterback because Steve Young's success when Montana left. So I'm not going to be a hundred percent with you that it's Belichick, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put it at like ninety ish. 
uh, because I think I, I would love to see Tom Brady go somewhere else and and do it like now. It's not going to happen, but do it like now or next year to see if he's functional, good uh, anywhere else, or if it truly is. It's it's just that system because Garoppolo came in was great. Um, I don't even remember. I, I it's buried in my notes for the NFL preview later. Um, but yeah, the, the, I mean he's making every quarterback that plays there uh, it, look spectacular and look better than probably a third of the quarterbacks in the league at this point. Yeah, definitely. I'm just a Brady hater, so it's 100% Belichick, and I'll take your 90% because normally uh, we're 100% opposite, so I'll take the 90% and run. Good choice. So let's uh, let's look at uh, college football. Um, in the interest of time, I'm not going to go too in-depth with uh, my game breakdown. I am looking at the uh, Wisconsin versus uh, Michigan game on Saturday, this one at 3.30 Eastern time uh, on ABC. Number eight, Wisconsin at number four, Michigan. Um, per odds shark, Michigan uh, uh, is uh, opened as a 10-point favorite. Uh, obviously, their victories, um, Wisconsin's victories over LSU and Michigan State have propelled them to number eight. Uh, Michigan relatively untested so far, although um, – Coming in, you're kind of looking at keys to victory for both sides. I think for Wisconsin, a big one, Dave, would be um, when you have the chances against Michigan is uh, don't blow those chances. Um, and what I mean by that is, is if you have the opportunity to put points on the board, extend drives, and especially score touchdowns. I think they need to do it. Um, Michigan's defense, number one in the country on third down, has the most sacks and the most tackles for loss. They rank ninth in the in the red zone and have allowed the eleventh fewest yards um, and thirteenth uh, fewest points. Uh, has the Michigan defense. So if they have, uh, you know, when they get to you know second down, get the short yardage for third down and convert those third down, um, and and you know extend drives, wear out that defense. I think is a key for Wisconsin. For Michigan, um, <laughs> for Michigan, I think the, the, their key is their defense because you uh, you have a freshman quarterback, Alex Hornibrook, who um, has led game-winning drive against Georgia State and uh, has helped uh, the Badgers beat Michigan State. Um, so I think if uh, for, for Michigan, a big thing would be to uh, you know force him uh, get pressure on him, make him panic a little bit. Um, this is probably going to be the most hostile environment he's been in so far. Um, the big house surely to be rocking uh, this Saturday afternoon, so I think that's big there. When you talk Wisconsin, you talk key players, I think one thing that no matter what year it is will always ring true is running backs. They have two of them, Corey Clement and uh, Dare. I'm going to screw screw this name of hardcore. Ugin Boale, is that right? I know you're good with these crazy names. Is that right? I'm not the one that butchered it, so I'll just say it's correct. All right. So uh, they have, they have two great running backs, um, and I, I think that they they could be the key because that's going to wear down a Michigan front seven. Um, the Michigan's defense, of course, stout up the middle, but they have surrendered a few long runs outside the tackles. 
Um, so I think that Wisconsin needs to look at that and uh, exploit that. Of 62 teams currently uh, attempting at least 40 rushes per game, uh, Arkansas, Duke, and Wisconsin are the only schools from power conference programs uh, with an average um, – uh, below four yards. So, but uh, but uh, Michigan, uh, or excuse me, whoa, 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 Jim, Jim, yo, didn't didn't Duke just beat someone good? I don't remember. Uh, they did not beat anybody good last weekend. No. Okay, sorry about that. My mistake. No, no problem. No problem. It, so it's it's easy to forget. There's a lot of games each week. It's very easy uh, to to get things jumbled up. I I, I will. Uh, I will. I'll, I'll forgive you there. Um, obviously, Michigan key player uh, Jabril Peppers. No, no surprise there. Um, linebacker, returner, offensive weapon. I mean, the guy's going to be on the field a lot. Um, he he hasn't been used utilized a lot, but I don't think he's had to have been u- utilized a lot so far this year. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, of uh, Michigan has lost Jeremy Clark. Uh, to the season to a torn ACL. So I think getting uh, Peppers involved more in the defensive side um, as a returner, I think, is where he can really change the game. Uh, he has returned upon at least 50 yards in two straight games. Um, Harbaugh said this week on the Big Ten Network, quote, he's good at football. So, um, yeah, obviously the, the, the guy is is just a – crazy talent um kind of uh you know these two-way players you don't see them a lot so when you see them uh it's something pretty special here's what i think is going to happen um this saturday the weather is not going to be pretty uh now this is an artificial playing surface but uh 60 chance of showers 69 degrees going to be cloudy it's going to be damp it's going to be cold i think that's going to play make make it more of a ground game which i think could play a little bit into wisconsin's favor um if anything goes wrong for a somewhat untested michigan team uh for michigan being at home will will help them i think that um overall michigan will probably play a better game but but the weather uh and the the clock control by wisconsin uh will i think keep the game close. I think Michigan will have a scare. Um, I think it's going to be tied. Wisconsin's going to be driving, and this is my prediction. And I love going a little bit wild with it because if it actually happens, I'm going to be pretty happy. Uh, we're going to get a scoop and six from Jabril Peppers as time expires. Michigan 24, Wisconsin 17. You're calling a tie game that they win on a defensive turnover? That's what I'm saying. You are nuts. Probably. <laughs> You'd be much better off to say I think it's going to be twenty four seventeen. Well, I got to throw the extra flair in there. We we missed a week, so I have to get a little bit crazy with it. Just keep doing what you're doing because it's working for you. We'll go with that. Um, yeah, I I, I definitely um, I think this is a definite uh, typical interesting matchup where you have the high powered Michigan offense. Um, granted, the only time that they really faced anyone this year was against Colorado. I believe Colorado's first two quarterbacks were uh, hurt during the game. Um, and then their third string finished the game. But for the record, they still covered the 17 and a half by half point. So that made a happy day. Um, but for the record, um, Wisconsin will be the definite best 
defenses they have faced so far this year. Um, so I'm not. This is this was actually one of the toughest college games for me to actually put a circle on, and I still haven't done one yet. Um, listening to your preview made me even more confused on which team I should pick because <laughs> if the weather is going to be an issue, um, I almost want to go towards Wisconsin with the uh, huge upset. I guess it would be at ten and a half points, um, but. The, the, the issue for me in this game and picking Wisconsin is solely how they're going to rebound because they had to get up majorly for Sparty last week. And, Jim, you're going to hate every freaking second of this, but I think Sparty was overrated because they beat Notre Dame, who um, lost to hey. Duke, which I didn't even know they had a football team. I thought they were a basketball school. <laughs> uh, Texas was the same way, I think. Texas, I think, was a little overrated because of where Notre Dame was ranked. And that's why, again, I, I go back to preseason rankings or bullshit. I, I agree with you there in some aspects. I mean, I think they need to start with something, but uh, we could argue about that for days. Um, this one, I'm a little bit uh, – I, I really – it's one of those old adages that I really, really, really am having a hard time circling Wisconsin or not circling Michigan might be the better way of saying it. Okay. Um, but I, something just tells me Wisconsin's going to be in this game, but I can't circle them. And it's always those hardest ones to circle are the ones that always win. But I'm still taking Michigan because I'm not going to let you pick up the game on me because they're going to win by a field goal. <laughs> it's not going to be some. It's not going to be some defensive scoop and run. I don't know what kind of. The only scoops you know about are ice cream scoops. Mm, love, love me some ice cream scoops. So I'm taking Michigan with you, big guy. All right, what game are you looking at, Dave? I believe I did the the Louisville. Cleansing game, and I need to pronounce it Louisville the entire time because I know it bugs a couple people. So I got to keep calling them Louisville. Wait, wait, wait. Why would it bother anybody? Isn't it? I mean, they want it called Louisville. I just want to call it something that irritates someone. You know me; I'm a I'm a constant uh, irritate people person guy. So well, sure, but um, I, uh, if somebody's irritated by you actually calling it by. The real name of the city that just seems uh, seems odd, but hey, do do your best, Louisville at Clemson. I'm gonna call it Louisville versus Clemson. <laughs> uh, both teams actually enter this game four and zero, eight o'clock at Memorial Stadium. I believe the game's on uh, ABC this week, so you get the wonderful ABC announcing team. Um, Bobby Petrino's team is coming off a twenty or a. 59 to 28 trouncing of Marshall. Marshall covered by half a point. Throw that out there. Um, the the wonderful quarterback for Louisville has 1,300 yards, 13 TDs, and just three interceptions. So he's got a pretty solid uh, passer uh, TD to INT passing ratio there. Uh, one one interesting stat to me, and this is a good one for you, Big Jim. I poke you in the ribs right next to you, but I can't. So uh, <laughs> consider yourself poked. Okay. Um, Lamar Jackson is actually the leading rusher in the country for rushing touchdowns with 12. He has the most rushing touchdowns in the country. Wow. Something you didn't, something you didn't know. I know. I I know you, I just shocked your world with, I did not know that. No, you learn something new every day. You couldn't ask for a better teacher, sir. That's true. So, um, he, he's actually, the uh, only 
uh, FBS player to have multiple seven touchdown games in one season over the prior seven seasons. He's done this in four games. So uh, another sweet stat on that, Lamar. So what you're saying is he's, uh, he's pretty good. He, he's kind of a big deal at this point. But okay. We're only a, a quarter or a third of the way through. The, I guess it's a third at this point uh, yeah, through right. the season. So everyone was handing uh, uh, Fournette the, the Heisman last year at this point, and everyone's handing Jackson the Heisman this year at uh, this point. So we'll see what happens. But uh, it, it's early still. So um, Louisville senior running back Brandon Radcliffe has – 427 yards along with their uh, senior wide receiver, Brandon Quick, uh, having about 360 yards. Louisville is putting up an astounding 65 points per game at the moment. Uh, That's pretty hard to even think about. That's over two touchdowns a quarter at this point. Uh, Their their defense has been pretty solid. Um, They held a Marshall team last week, 21 points, uh, with 148 rushing yards, 59 passing yards. Overall, they're averaging about 22 points per game allowed on defense, uh, which ranks in the top 50 in the country. Dabo Sweeney Squad. I love that name. Who names a kid Dabo? But it's pretty sweet. I feel like uh, Cam Newton should name this kid Dabo. It'd just be kind of oh ironic. Oh, my God. I'm on a roll, Big Jim. Just keep it going. So Dabo Sweeney Squad is coming off a 26-7 to win uh, against Georgia Tech last week. Uh, their junior quarterback, Deshaun Watson, has looked surprisingly good so far this year in my eyes. Um, considering who they've played, uh, he should look good. So it's surprisingly good how he's looked, uh, exceeding expectations considering he's played a half in most of these games. Um, just under 1,000 passing yards with 996 passing yards, nine touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, and he's rushed for 120 yards. Uh, something you don't even consider considering you all you hear is about Lamar Jackson, but uh, – uh, Deshaun Watson's actually had 120 yards on the ground, so that's pretty impressive to me. Um, their, their main uh, running back is uh, junior running back uh, Wayne Gallman, who had uh, 1,500 yards last year. Uh, he's not eclipsed the 100-yard mark since week one versus Auburn. Uh, so, again, he rushed for 100 yards against Auburn, which uh, that says something because that Auburn D has really stepped up the past couple of weeks. Uh, I think they beat an LSU team last week. In a, uh, um, I'll touch on that later, but uh, – Someone had a couple luck boxes in order to get a couple wins last week, but uh, whatever you got to do to keep the big bo- big guy happy. <laughs> That's damn right. But he's had uh, he's had a total of 256 yards so far this year, and uh, wide receiver Mike Williams. Uh, I think there's a couple wide receiver, or maybe not a couple, but there's a wide receiver in the NFL that has uh, the same name, so it's definitely a wide receiver name. If you want to have a wide receiver in college football or the NFL, name your son Mike Williams. That means change your last name. Uh, he's one of the most dangerous wide receivers on the field. Uh, probably the most dangerous wide receiver on the field in this game. Uh, he has a total of 306 yards so far this year, and he missed the entire season last year. He was actually hurt in week one. So this is a uh, kind of an under-the-radar guy because he didn't play last year. Clemson so far this year is averaging almost half of what Louisville is averaging. They've averaged 33 points a game versus Louisville's uh, 65. Uh, so it's pretty interesting to me. Uh, they're actually allowing 11 points on defense. So that's a uh, pretty good defensive front, but they haven't really played anyone that has an offense of uh, Louisville's caliber. Their defense is actually uh, ranking in the top 20 nationally. 
They held Georgia Tech to 29 pass yards, which I looked at that and I said, okay, fine. Georgia Tech runs the quadruple, triple option, so big deal. They don't know how to throw the ball. But then I looked at it and I said, oh, they only had 95 rushing yards last week. That's pretty good against the Georgia Tech team. I mean, you throw Georgia Tech against Notre Dame right now, and uh, Georgia Tech probably run for 400 in the first half. Anybody would run for 400 on that defense right now. <laughs> Your fat ass wouldn't run for more than 50. Well, that's true. <laughs> but uh, going along with that, uh, this is going to be the the obvious key to this game is how Louisville's offense matches up against Clemson's defense and who is the better team here. Um, the, this is the, the obvious first, tense, first test for the Louisville's, de- Louisville's offense against a real defense, and it's Clemson's first test against a defense or for their defense against an offense. Um, the only real team that Clemson has played is Auburn. And we and clearly after last week with their six freaking field goals, we know that <laughs> Auburn is a field goal machine. They don't have an offense. They are nothing but get the ball inside the 40 and we'll kick it. So in my eyes, in this game, the offense obviously lies, the, the offensive advantage obviously lies with Louisville. The defensive advantage obviously lies with Clemson. Um, the special teams, and that's nothing to, to take off uh, from Louisville's defense, but uh, Clemson's defense is the better team in this aspect. Um, special teams, I think this is pretty even in my eyes how I broke this down. Um, I think Clemson's McLeod versus Louisville's Alexander are two of the best return men in the nation. I mean, I think, you, uh, I think we actually got Big Jim off the couch when uh, Alexander returned that kick against Florida State. He's pretty excited. Uh, <laughs> Never seen him that excited since the uh, the don't the Krispy Kreme light on was on at uh, Krispy Kreme showing that there were hot donuts. So coaching this one, um, everyone everyone actually loves Dabo Sweeney in the country, and I'm a huge uh, Bobby Petrino fan. I think he's done a great job. Uh, he has an insane offensive mind, and he has an insane uh, play caller behind this that is uh, doing a great job, and it's going to be in, in uh, intense, to say the least, and see how this plays out. Um, the, the intangibles in this game, to me, this is a, this is a, uh, this is a no advantage, kind of like coaching and special teams. It's, it's really a, uh, a coin flip. I mean, you have the home, field of, the home field advantage for the Tigers, and then you have the, the Louisville Cardinals coming into this game saying we can win another road game and say that they beat FSU, Florida State, and Clemson in the same year. If they win this game, they are on, um, on the cusp of something extremely grand. I mean, if they win this game, I don't know that anyone in college football has a better resume at this point than Louisville. And that's, a, that's an extreme bold statement. Um, so what, 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 how do I break this down? What are my thoughts? Um, to be 100% honest, this, this game is all about Clemson's defense being able to slow down Lamar Jackson. He's, uh, he's, he's the clear front runner for the Heisman at the moment, but uh, can Clemson's defense slow it down? I don't know. I'm going to hope so, but I don't know. I, I want to see a great football game that uh, gets into the fourth quarter and it's within a one score and they keep going at each other and uh, – it's going to be interesting to watch, to say the least. I don't know how this one's going to play out. 
Um, I, I think the key to this game, and Big Jim, I know you're going to call me crazy because I know you're drinking the red Kool-Aid in this one. <laughs> I think uh, Clemson got some help that they had a preview, a, a, a semi-preview last week with Georgia Tech. And they were able to stop this uh, unusual running attack that uh, Georgia Tech presented. I think it's going to help them versus Louisville this coming week. Their linebackers are going to have to stay disciplined. Uh, Clemson has won two tough games the past year against the Cardinals. But granted, this could be Louisville's best chance to upend the Tigers. I think this contest is going to be the best game in the ACC all year. I think this contest tops Clemson, Florida State when they play later this year, and I think it's going to top Florida State, Louisville. Clemson seems to finally be rolling on offense and clicking after their slow start, while the Cardinals are all over the hype radar after they knocked off Florida State. There's nowhere for them to go but down. Lamar Jackson will be up against the best defense he has faced all season. He is a special breed, don't get me wrong on that, but this is the best defense he's seen. I do not think Watson and company, who are good offensively, will be surprised with the defensive talent that they have on uh, the other side of the ball. One thing that has been, and as I was reading everything on this game, one thing that has stayed in the back of my mind is how Watson and his crew were able to remove the ball against this Alabama defense in the national title game last year, and they returned a lot of those guys from that game. I don't know about you, but I think Alabama's defense last year was better than his Louisville defense this year. But my bold prediction, for lack of better terms, since everybody loves Louisville this year, I'm predicting that Deshaun Watson has his Heisman moment and leads the Clemson Tigers down the field for the late touchdown to beat the Louisville Cardinals 34-30-1. to and crush Big Jim's hope. Wow. Um, I mean, there's a lot of information there. What what I think uh, is we just don't know what Clemson is. I think we know what Louisville is. Um, decent defense, but obviously the offense is going to dictate what Louisville is or isn't for the rest of the year. Clemson, at, at, there's been times where they've looked very good this year, but you look back to those early games where they struggled against dramatically more mediocre opponents. Now, this one being at Clemson helps them without a doubt. Um, that That is a place that's hard to go into and win. Uh, if this was in Louisville, I would say slam dunk Louisville. Uh, no question. Uh, but being that it's in Clemson, this one's going to come down to the late game. This one's going to come down to, um, you know, who blinks, who makes a mistake, you know, who who throws that bad pass, who lets that, uh, you know, let, let lets the ball slip, uh, you know, who get who gets the turnover. That's what I think this game's going to come down to. Um, I am taking Louisville. It will be very close. I think touchdown max. Um, for for Louisville, but I think that they are going to pull it off. Um, and and yeah, like you said, they they probably have the most impressive resume at this point, um, of the season. And really, you know, if they if they get past this one, um, 
you know, it's it's you you got to think that they're going to be a uh, a a name that's uh, you know on everybody's mind when you're talking about uh, who who are going to be the four teams that get into the playoff. Well, what what happens to Louisville when Houston beats them? Because I've been saying that for weeks. That it's not going to happen. I believe our first podcast. It's not going to happen. No, no chance. Yeah, maybe not no chance. I shouldn't say that, but uh, I, I do not, I do not think that is going to happen. I'll let you preview that game because you don't even need to know what side I'm on. I'm taking Houston <laughs> all day. Um, Dave, before we get to the actual um, pickums for college and then the NFL stuff, let's just take a, a brief break here to uh, to pay a couple bills here on the NGSC Sports side. Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You have the power to create the life you want. How? Visit the web store on www.iempower.com to find out more. That's i-em-power.com. So we're back, Huddle Up Podcast here, ngscsports.com. Visit us on facebook.com slash huddleuppodcast and uh, get all the information we have there uh, on the show. Catch us here live each and every week, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ngscsports.com. Uh, so, Dave, as we do every week, let's run down. Uh, I'll turn this one over to you. Run down the top 25 games. Let's get our pickums for college football in before we turn the page to the NFL. Hey, Jim. We got we to gotta throw a quick, uh, a quick shout out here. It just came across my uh, text messages. But the, uh, I believe the Orioles have defeated the Blue Jays and come from behind fashion. So I need to throw that out there. That's pretty important to both of our Nice. Pride for the rest of the night, but they nice. have came back and won the game. Nice, awesome, very cool. So moving on to football at the moment. Um, unfortunately, I have to acknowledge the uh, week that you somehow scraped together last week. Uh, you went thirteen and three. That's right, baby. Um, we have we had five games that were different. Um, you managed to go three and two in those games. I would like to clarify that. In two of your three wins, you had Utah that won securing three, and I'm holding up three fingers you can read in the middle, three (laughs) fourth down conversions on their final drive to score the last touchdown with, I think it was 22 seconds left or something absurd. And you had an inept at LSU that didn't snap the ball in time that prevented me from winning another game that I should have won Hey, with LSU. Sh- coulda, so shoulda, woulda, buddy. Still goes on my on my wins exactly the same way. But see, when I win games, I win them by double digits when we don't agree. So I win them so clear and square. There's no need to even sweat about them. I'm just that much better when we don't agree and I win. <laughs> What's, you uh, need these half-point miracle finishes in order to coax your moxie. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes. What's uh, what's the overall? Where what are we at? Well, I that is the only thing I really want to talk about this week because I am one game ahead of you still, and that's as close as it's going to get the rest of the year. Because you're right, because I'm going to blow you I'm out of gonna... the water this week. 
and then never look back. Let me know how that works. We'll talk about that next Wednesday because <laughs> I'll send you a box of tissues to, to help you clean up there. <laughs> um, overall, overall, last week you went 13-3, and 3, 81%. I was 12-4 uh, and 4 with the the disappointing setback, which I will keep noting that that could have very easily been 14 and two, but uh, disappointment occurred. Um, overall in the season, I am uh, in a one game lead at 64 and 18, uh, hitting approximately 78%, and you're hitting 77% at uh, 63 and 19. So, um, first game this week brings us to the Connecticut Huskies at number six, Houston. You know my love affair for Houston, so you know I've already circled them uh, in Sharpie about 18 times. Yeah, you can you can uh, circle the Cougars. Obviously the number six, Houston. You can, you can circle the Cougars for me as well. We always know Big Jim likes the Cougars. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Move on to Friday slate here. We have number seven, Stanford, against number 10, Washington. Uh, current Vegas Lions has this Washington uh, favored by about a field goal. Um, this is a game I, I, I struggled with picking for a little bit, and uh, the really, really key element that I picked on this game is I looked at the games last week, and I thought that uh, Washington has a little bit to prove after their overtime game last week. So I am taking the number 10 Washington Cougars um, or Washington Huskies. You got me on the Cougar theme at the moment. Uh, once my mind's on the Cougars, I can't get away from them. Well, I've heard that take, about you. Uh, I will take Washington this week to beat Stanford. Uh, Side note, this will make your trip to Notre Dame, seeing the uh, Stanford-Notre Dame game a little less meaningless. But uh, I'm taking Washington. Um, man, because being that it's at Washington, I, I know that's that's one of those environments that can be uh, very hard to go into. Um, but I, I, think, I think Stanford had their scare a little bit last week with uh, with UCLA. I think they're going to get yeah, they're going to right the ship this week and uh they're going to pick up the win. So I got I got Stanford. Good. we have games that are different. This means my lead uh my lead's just going to grow. <laughs> um Saturday. Uh we have one game different. That's always good at uh you're you're undefeated on the on the weekend on uh Friday picking up games on me thanks to those bastard Trojans last week, but uh I'm going to right the <laughs> ship this week. Uh, Saturday, we have number 14, Miami, at number zero, Georgia Tech. Unranked, Georgia Tech. Um, this is a game that was actually tough for me to pick um, for, the, for the sheer fact that Miami, when they played uh, Appalachian State, was struggling with the running back. I can't think of his name. I think it's Cox at the moment. But uh, he, he was hurt. But prior to the play or two before, he, he was hurt. He had like an 80-yard touchdown that was called back because of that offensive holding. I really want to play Georgia Tech in this game, but I'm going to go with Miami in a close one. Okay, yeah, I think I like Miami in this one. Um, I think they're they're working on finding their identity, so I like Miami. Excellent. Uh, number 13, Baylor at Iowa State. Uh, I'm circling the Baylor Bears for both of us. Yep, go ahead. Number 22, Texas at Oklahoma State. Uh, I'm taking Oklahoma State. Texas beat Notre Dame. They're garbage. <laughs> um, 
I, I like Texas in this one. Uh, it'll be close, but I'll take the Longhorns. Taking the road team. I like it. Two games I picked up on you already. Way to go, Jim. Good picking. Keep it up. <laughs> Rutgers at number two, Ohio State. Uh, we're both taking Ohio State, I'm sure. Sure, absolutely. Um, I think I think Rutgers might actually give them a little bit of a scare early. Uh, their defense is pretty solid, but uh, Ohio State has too much talent. Yeah. Um, number 23, Florida adds to Vanderbilt. Uh, I'm taking Florida. They're going to bounce back after their loss to Tennessee last week, which made Big Jim do the Gator chomp. Oh my God! What a what an unreal, uh, what an unreal game that was. That was ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't I don't see uh, Vanderbilt picking up a win over Florida. I think yeah, I think we'll we'll get the bounce back. Perfect. the The only unlined game this week involving the uh, the, the top twenty five is when the Alcorn State, who's the mascot, Big Jim Braves. Ooh, well done, well done. The Alcorn State Braves go to number 20, Arkansas. Um, I'm circling Arkansas for both of us. Perfect. Not lined, we're taking Arkansas. Uh, Next game, UNC, the North Carolina Tar Heels. Got that one for you. At number 12, Florida State. Uh, Florida State's currently showing uh, 11-ish on the spread. Uh, I'm taking Florida State in this one. Yeah. um, You know, we had, obviously, after getting – blasted by louisville a few weeks ago um you know they're they're working on recovering and uh playing the tar heels will help them do that definitely uh next game is a uh battle in the big 10 by the uh fighting illini and the nebraska cornhuskers um nebraska is favored by three touchdowns i'm assuming we're both gonna circle nebraska yeah illinois sucks that's a good reason to pick against them. Always is. Uh, next game Next game to me is a little interesting. Uh, this was the last game that I really didn't know who to pick on. Um, number, number 11, Tennessee, is a three-point favorite at number 25, Georgia. Um, I think Tennessee is a better football team here, but I'm taking number 25, Georgia. I am picking Georgia with the slight upset here uh, for the sheer reason that Tennessee just beat Florida. And they got up uh, for that game. They they were extremely motivated, and they they got the what fifteen year monkey off their back of finally beating Florida. I don't know how they get up for this game in the same way that they got up for Florida. So I'm taking Georgia. I don't think they have Georgia to get up that much. Out. Georgia is year in year out to me seems like one of the most confusing and disappointing teams. So I have Tennessee, and I have them winning big. I'm glad when they don't win big that the Chubb's going to disappoint you again. <laughs> uh, next game, then, we have number nine, Texas A&M at South Carolina. Uh, Texas A&M, 17.5-point favorite. Uh, I'm picking A&M. Yeah, I got A&M. Next game, we have Boomer Sooner at the Horned Frogs of TCU. Uh, I think this is the bounce back game for Boomer Sooner that they finally get on the map with a, with a uh, quality win that hopefully propels them to a New Year's Day bowl. So I'm taking Boomer Sooner. Uh, I think Bob Soups is going to be one of those names, big names that is going to be looking for uh, a new place of residence next year. Uh, I don't think he's going to be shown the less miles gate, but uh, this is going to be just a continuing of the beginning of the end of Bob Soups at Oklahoma. So I've taken TCU. 
You always were one horned frog, dude. <laughs> uh, number 18, Utah travels to California to meet the Golden Bears. Uh, I'm still pissed at this Utah team for winning last year. I don't think they're or last night last year, but uh, last week I don't think they're very good. I'm going with the Golden Bears. Let's for keep golf theme with Arnold Palmer's passing. Uh, I'm going to go along with the golf theme and uh, take the Golden Bear. Let's uh, let, let's let's keep my luck rolling here. Let's go Utah over Cal. Wow, rolling the dice, big guy. Assuming I could circle Alabama for both of us against Kentucky at home against Kentucky. Yeah, I think that's pretty safe. And we got uh, Ole Miss, uh, number 16 Ole Miss, uh, 14 and a half point favorites over Memphis at home. Uh, assuming you're going to go with Ole Miss, but maybe you'll throw me the curveball. No, I'll go Ole Miss, but I think they'll find a way to make their fans have a heart attack. <laughs> they always do. You have taken Louisville incorrectly, and I have taken Clemson correctly. <laughs> um, Michigan State, uh, number 17, travels to Indiana, laying a touchdown and a half on the road. Uh, I think Michigan State gets it done against Indiana, although I think it is a, a, a close game, but Michigan State will pull away in the fourth. Yeah, I mean, Michigan State, again, I, I think looked better than they – or was made to look better than they were because Notre Dame was – believed to be better than they were but uh sparty sparty gets a win this week definitely um number 19 san diego state aztecs travel to the south alabama jaguars uh i'm circling south uh not south alabama sorry about <laughs> that i'm taking san diego state i probably just gave you a giant chub with that one but, uh, i was I'm like taking, really i'm taking san diego state no nah, yeah i'll take san diego state as well And last game is Utah State at uh, number 24, Boise State. Uh, assuming we're both taking Boise State there as well. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it's a pretty safe bet there. Excellent. So the only games that uh, we have different is you have selected Stanford. I have taken Washington. Um, you have Texas. I have Oklahoma State. Um, you have Tennessee. I have the Georgia Bulldogs, rough, rough. I have Boomer Sooner. And you have the TCU Horned Frogs. You have the Utes of Utah, and I have the California Golden Bears. And you have the Cardinals of Louisville, and I have the Tigers of Clemson. Every team I pick seems much more fierce than your teams. Just throwing it out there. That's all right. That's all right. It's not. It's not about uh, the perception. It's about how about the execution. So we will. Uh, we will see on Saturday how that uh, how that plays out for you and I. Uh, I guess well, starting to tomorrow. I guess we would start to see how these play out. But uh, Dave, let's uh, let's switch gears here. Looking at the NFL and uh, looking back to where we are at head to head against each other. Um, last week I went seven hey, and Big nine. Jim, before sure, go ahead. Before we head to the NFL. Is there uh, is there anyone on the line or anything that we uh, wants to call in and uh, comment on college at all? Uh, we currently don't have anybody on the line, but if you want to get in on the action, you can do that, 401-347-0613, and then use PIN 29312. Uh, we'll take calls um, up until about the last uh, five minutes of the show or so, so feel free to get in on uh, on the line, and we'll get you in here. But uh, switching to the NFL, 
last week. Uh, you went six and ten, Dave, in the NFL. I had the opportunity to take a huge, huge lead, but uh, I I stumbled all over myself as well. Went seven and nine, so I gained a game on you, but uh, missed the opportunity to to stomp you out even this early in the year. Uh, overall, I improved to twenty six and twenty two overall. You, Dave, uh, you fell back from eighteen and fourteen overall to twenty four and twenty four. So you are sitting at an even five hundred right now, uh, running the risk of being the first one of us in uh, either head to head to go below five hundred. I'll just keep pouring it on you, bastard. <laughs> uh, all right. So this week, let's uh, let's go right to it. Um, you are going to be previewing uh, uh, a little bit the Titans and Texans. We'll get to that when we get there. Um, I had some notes prepared for the uh, for the Patriots and the Bills, so we'll get to that uh, as well. But let's start tomorrow night. The Miami Dolphins travel to the Cincinnati Bengals, who are seven-and-a-half-point favorites at home. And uh, I am going to take the Bengals at home. This my this Miami team. Uh, I feel bad for our friend uh, and and one time caller to the show. I think he called two weeks ago, Anthony. Um, it's got to suck to be a Dolphins fan. Um, to to really not know week in and week out what you're going to get out of your team. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, they they beat the Browns. Congratulations! It took three missed field goals, I think, from Cleveland in order to win, but. Uh, on the bright side, you have the number 14-ranked Miami Hurricanes, which I think you called. Uh, they, they they jumped up in the standings significantly the past two weeks. So um, I, I hope that the residents of Miami are uh, focusing on the, the college football season and not the NFL. But uh, I, I'm on board as well with Cincinnati. Um, I think it's a slight bounce back after Denver. I really thought it was a good spot for them uh, last weekend uh, with Denver coming to town and uh, the first road game for Trevor Simeon. But uh, – he had a phenomenal road game, and uh, that was quite shocking to me. But I think uh, my my power numbers have uh, have Cincinnati uh, about uh, eight points better than Miami, based with uh, two and a half points home field advantage. So uh, definitely taking Cincinnati here. All right, and then the first of the NFL London games this year, Sunday, nine thirty a.m. Eastern Time on CBS. We have. The Indianapolis Colts taking on. It wouldn't be a game in London if it wasn't the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, a team that is just absolutely frustrating as all hell for me and my moronic uh, pick to start this year. I reluctantly. Do you hear me laughing out loud? I, I do hear that. I reluctantly am taking the Jaguars to win this one uh, because this thing might as well be as close to a home game for them as a game in Jacksonville, Indianapolis, a two and a half point favorite in this one. Definitely. And uh, with that being said, as a two and a half point favorite, my power numbers actually line up identical to that, that uh, Indianapolis is uh, about two and a half points better than than Jacksonville. Um, Since you took Jacksonville, I'm going to say, screw you. I'm taking Indianapolis. Uh, The the sole reason behind the Indianapolis selection is, uh, Jacksonville probably has a slightly better defense, but, uh, Indianapolis has Andrew Luck and, uh, Andrew Luck's the best player on the field. So hopefully 
it's enough to get the job done in London or I'm going to be in a hole already. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, then we got the starting the one o'clock games, the Buffalo Bills traveling to New England to the New England Patriots. Uh, I was going to, to, you know, give some of the, the notes and things I prepared, but let's be honest in the interest of time and in, in the interest of the fact that, um, Bill Belichick might be the best coach that's ever coached, and uh, the the Bills have not the best coach that's ever coached. Um, New England, a four and a half point favorite. Uh, they're still starting their third. Well, they're going to be starting. Um, I even forget his name, but their third string quarterback uh, again. Proven. Yeah, this week, but uh, the the Patriots are going to win. The Patriots are going to win easily. The beginning of the end of the Ryan Twins in Buffalo is upon us. So, uh, yeah, New England easily. This is a, this is an interesting game. Um, I, I feel like I'm saying that a lot this week, but with this damn parody in the NFL, uh, a lot of these games are pretty interesting. Um, my, my power rankings, uh, given and uh, for any home field, uh, unless I note it, uh, I'm given two and a half points, uh, home field, but, uh, Buffalo and New England, uh, I have these teams separated, uh, on a neutral field, they'd separated by uh, uh, three points. Uh, so w- with that being said, uh, New England at home is two and a half points better, but that's a rough number. We have absolutely no clue we're going to get New England at the uh, at the home field advantage. Um, I would absolutely not be surprised if New England wins this game by 35 points, and I would absolutely not be surprised if Buffalo wins this game big as well. This is one of those games I have absolutely no clue on because you have no clue um, what the what what you're going to get out of New England. Um, you 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 factor in the fact that New England uh, is in a position that no matter what happens this week, they get the bastard Brady back, um, and they're three and one at absolute worst case scenario. You tell Bill Belichick in the preseason that he loses Brady for four games and he's sitting three and one when they come back with beating Denver. Uh, he's going to take that. Or, they didn't play Denver, I don't think. My mistake. Um, but you, you, you tell Belichick that he's going to be three and one when Brady comes back. He's going to take that every day of the week. Um, so I'm not sure that this isn't a real good position to back Buffalo here. Um, but I can't go against Belichick the way he has gone the past couple weeks, and I hate this Buffalo team. Um, I'm taking New England, but I think it's going to be an interesting game to see. I would not be surprised if either of these teams won this game by 21 points. But I'm taking New England officially. All right. Then we have the Seattle Seahawks at the New York Jets, 1 p.m. on Fox. Seattle, two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. A Seattle team that's been very confusing this year, but a Jets team that has been pretty much what we thought they were going to be. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick being about as poor as can be. Um, the, the Jets are terrible. I expect there's going to be um, as many boos, more boos than there are um, Seattle touchdowns. Seattle, Seattle's going to win this one, uh, and the Jets' implosion continues. Wow, so that's a pretty uh, pretty gutsy pick considering the, uh, the 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 issues potentially with Russell Wilson. I know they said that he's going to play, but uh, going to play and being 100% healthy are two completely different stories in my eyes. 
Um, I'm going against you in this one, Big Jim, and I am taking the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. To wow. beat the freaking bastard Pete Carroll-led Oh, I, I hate I Pete gonna, Carroll in Seattle, but I can't in good conscience pick the Jets. so hard when Pete Carroll loses and you're pissed that I picked up a game because of it. That would be that would be a very Pete Carroll thing to do to me. So we got uh, then we got Detroit at Chicago. This one uh, one p.m. on Fox. Detroit a three point favorite. Um, the Bears, the Bears still suck. Let's be honest, folks. <laughs> um, coming off the short week, getting their asses handed to them by the Cowboys. Uh, on Sunday night, so uh, I like Detroit here. This is one that's uh, interesting to me. I, again, I'm going to say that every damn game this week, it seems like. Um, my power numbers <laughs> with Chicago being at home have uh, Detroit listed as a one-point favorite, so on a neutral field, Detroit's about a field goal and a half uh, better than Chicago. Um, I don't know what to make of this Bears team. Um, I think there's a lot more talent than they have shown the first couple of weeks. But uh, this is a pretty good bounce-back spot uh, for them. But uh, with the same token said, I don't know how they slow down Matt Stafford. So I'm uh, I'm taking the, the Lions and going to, fingers crossed, hopefully get through with them. All right, your Panthers at the Falcons coming off the big Monday night football uh, win this week. I have Carolina as a three-point favorite. You showing anything different there? That's about what I'm showing, three, three and a half. All right, that one, 1 p.m. on Fox uh, in the Georgia Dome. Uh, I like Carolina here. It's always harder to to come off the short week. Uh, I think Carolina is the better team. Uh, again, it's, it's so hard to pick because Atlanta looks so bad. And then, the, you know, I mean, they gave up a shitload of points, but they scored a lot more. So, you know, on, on Monday. So it, it is tough to pick, but I like Carolina. Well, Big Jim, uh, Another game that I think we're going to disagree on, and this breaks my heart to do it. But I'm going to um, pick the Atlanta Falcons this week to beat the Carolina Panthers. Wow. Uh, my my reason being, Carolina's secondary is extremely weak. And I think Matt Ryan, assuming the offensive line in Carolina can hold up here, I think that Carolina – is going to have some trouble stopping the, the uh, passing attack of Atlanta. So I think this is going to be a game that gives Carolina trouble. And granted, I do not want to see them go to 1-4. and four, But I do want to see um, me catch up to you in the picks. And I think this is a very um, legitimate spot that it, Atlanta has a chance at winning a game. And uh, I, I have not been impressed with my Panthers this year. They have done a couple incredibly dumb things. I think they allow Minnesota to have 35 yards in the first half this past week, and yet we go to halftime and the game is 10 to 8. You outgained them by 160, I think it was 160 to 170 yards, and you're down, you're up two points. Uh, pretty automatic that you're going to lose the game when you allow a team to hang around like that. Uh, this this team does not have that killer instinct that the team last year had. Um, I think this Carolina team is extremely overrated at this point in time. Uh, that hurts me to say, but I think this Carolina team uh, needs a wake-up call, and I think losing a divisional game to Atlanta is going to give them that wake-up call. 
Fair enough. Um, Oakland at Baltimore, 1 p.m. CBS, um, showing uh, Oakland, excuse me, Baltimore, three and a half point favorite. You know, I had uh, I had Oakland last week. They lose to Tennessee coming east, and uh, I, I assume that they probably stayed east this week, so they didn't have the back and forth uh, travel two weeks in a row. Um, but uh, I think that, I think they beat uh, they beat Tennessee last week, sir. Did I did I write that down wrong? I thought Tennessee won. Did I screw that up? Okay. Let me pull out my. Uh, Oh yeah, you're right because we had the we had those wrong. We had that one wrong. We both picked Tennessee and we were wrong. My bad. I apologize. See? Look look what I get for following your <laughs> Yeah, serves you right. Um but uh I, I like Baltimore. I think that I think that they're showing some swagger with their defense. Um their offense is what it's been under Joe Flacco. It's been good enough. Uh, to win games with, with a good defense, and I think that the Ravens' defense is is gaining a lot of confidence, and uh, I think that's a that's a big thing. So I'm going to go Baltimore at home. I, I'm in agreement with you there. I'm going to make the bold statement: uh, Baltimore is three and zero right now. I think Baltimore is going to beat the Jets in Week Seven or Week Eight whenever they play them, and I think Baltimore is going to be seven and zero after beating the Jets. Wow. Okay. Certainly possible. I mean, it's it, like I said, the team is gaining confidence, and that 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 always plays huge when you when you're talking about uh, when you're talking these teams. So then uh, we go to Tennessee at Houston, uh, one p.m. CBS from NRG Stadium. I'm showing Houston a five point favorite, but uh, I don't know this Houston team, and and it's you know it's much kind of like you say when you say every game is interesting because um, week to week you don't know what we're getting. I would find out today that JJ Watt has been placed on the uh, the IR, so he'll be out at least the next eight weeks. Um, I think that puts a little bit of panic in Houston's uh, in, in in Houston's defense and in Houston's team. Um, I think the Texans will win this game. Uh, but I think that, that there'll be a lot of scare along the way. Yeah, this is the this is a game I made a couple notes on. Uh, I'm going to take up like five more minutes of uh, these poor listeners listening to me blabber on and on. <laughs> but uh, they're going to they're have to listen to it a couple more times tonight because we're only about halfway through the NFL slate. Um, both both uh, the last three games these played uh, these teams have played Houston has won all of them by double digits. Um, the closest margin of victory was uh, in Week Eight last year, with Houston won twenty to six over Tennessee. Um, the other games were thirty four to six and forty five to twenty one. So uh, it appears that Houston has Tennessee's number. Um, last week, uh, Oakland beat Tennessee seventeen ten, and uh, New England trounced Houston twenty seven two nil. You got the giant goose egg. Um, Tennessee struggled offensively last week. Uh, obviously, lost at home to the Raiders. They had a chance to tie the game late in the fourth quarter, uh, but there were a few costly penalties that went against them about that uh, last drive when Mariota was driving down the field. Um, he didn't have a real good game last week. He had 214 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, and he lost a fumble, so he contributed to uh, three turnovers. He, interestingly enough, has not thrown for 300 yards yet this year. Um, he's had 300 or 723 yards total so far, four touchdowns, four interceptions, one-to-one TD to interception ratio, not very good. Um, to me, the biggest surprise on this Tennessee Titans team 
has been DeMarco Murray. Did he used to play for someone? I don't remember, and they let him go. And it wasn't the Philadelphia Eagles that I'm thinking of. Oh, no, he was a Cowboy, and they, and they happily let him go. No, I'm still fine with it. I know you are, but I have to dig that in a little bit. I mean, I mean, I, I believe that uh, the, the Cowboys rookie running back, who they're paying a lot less money uh, than DeMarco Murray wanted, is the, the third best, or in terms of yardage, third best rusher in the NFL. And that's just me. So far. A lot of season to go, though. The pl- there is a plenty of season left. So uh, DeMarco Murray's been a beast on the ground so far this year. He's got 245 yards, uh, three games. Uh, Titans offense has scored. Uh, actually, they've they've scored 41 points so far total this year. Um, that's that's averaging uh, a measly two touchdowns per game. Um, <laughs> their their defense has been bright. Uh, they've held their two of their three opponents to under 20 points. Uh, their linebacker Avery Williamson has nine tackles and uh, made his first interception of the season last week. Um, to me, their 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 defense is averaging under 20 points a game, which is in the top 10 in the NFL. Um, obviously, you have a pretty defensive-minded football team here. Um, Tennessee also uh, they, they've played some defensive-minded football teams, so I'm not sure that this number isn't a little inflated. Uh, one of those we'll see. Um, the Texans came in flying high to that Thursday night game last night last week. They were uh, extremely happy at 2-0 that they made Dave look great because Dave, uh, if you remember, picked them to win a division when someone else picked the Jaguars to win a division. Now, what kind of moron uh, they, they came, What kind of moron would pick the Jaguars to win that division? I don't know, but who called you out on that pick instantly? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, don't, uh, I don't have the best memory in the entire world. Um I can't, so we'll, I can't wait to play that sound clip over and over <laughs> and over. It's a good thing I have control of the uh, the audio over here. I can just put that on mute so I don't have to be reminded of myself being that stupid uh, over and over again. So your wife finds it and reminds you how great I am. <laughs> So uh, Tennessee came in, uh, they, they, or not Tennessee, the, the Texans came into that Thursday night game, uh, you know, woohoo, we're 2-0. Uh, we're facing New England without Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo. No problem, right? Um, in the words of Luke Corso, I believe it is, on uh, Saturday Pick'em, not so fast. Um, Brock was pretty much uh, duller than, uh, I don't even know what to, I can't even insult you as bad as Brock was bad last week. <laughs> Uh, he had 196 yards and one interception. Uh, he has not been a shining spot. Uh, even though I picked the Texans to win the division, he has looked like crap the first three weeks. He has three touchdowns and four interceptions. Um, he has increased pressure this week because he needs a good game and he needs to produce finally. He's got this guy named DeAndre Hopkins, who I think is one of the top five wide receivers in football. I think he's very underrated. Um, New England held him to 56 yards last week. Uh, I think I think DeAndre's going to have a very good game this week. Lamar Miller last week, uh, or so far this year, he has almost 270 yards rushing. Uh, Houston's averaging 14 points per game. So this kind of plays in exactly to what Tennessee's defense is doing right now. Uh, very good, <clears throat> very good defense. Uh, Texans defense, the Texans, uh, Houston Texans defense 
was obviously not good against New England, and they were just dealt the other the uh, the the uh, next blow as J.J. Uh, Watt's been on injured reserve, as Big Jim indicated, stealing my thunder. Um, the D could not actually contain like Garrett Blunt last week. Uh, he had 105 yards and two touchdowns, uh, and actually Jacoby Brissett had another rushing touchdown. So the key for this game sets up to me in my eyes, can the Texans' rushing D hold the Marco Murray in check? Uh, to me, this is a statement game for the Texans' D. They're going to rebound, and they're going to hold Houston to under 14 points this week. They will, came, will contain Marcus Mariota, and they will contain DeMarco Murray. The only reason I pick them in this week is that they have the extra day's rest coming off the New England game, and they have had 10 days to sit there and stew about it. New England just beat the shit out of them on Thursday night, and everyone got to watch it. Um, New England is great. They are a great team this year. They are probably the only great team in football. But I think Houston will rebound this week. Um, I think Houston wins this game by 10 points. I think it's 21-10. All right. So we both agree on Houston. Let's. Uh, we're going to go a little bit more rapid fire here uh, on the remaining games. Cleveland at Washington, uh, 1 p.m. on CBS. From FedEx Field, uh, Washington. Got a pick in this game? What's that? You're picking the Houston game officially? I picked Houston. I did pick. Yeah, I, I, I did. I forget to mention it before. I did, but I did. I don't I, know. I just want to make sure. Okay, yeah, I have Houston. I have Houston. So we both picked the Texans. Uh, Cleveland out. Ships together. <laughs> Cleveland at Washington, seven and a half point favorite. For Washington, uh, th- this is going to probably be one of the few ones that, that that's fairly easy. Uh, Cleveland just they stink out loud. Washington wins. This is another one that I don't think is as clear cut as the score indicates. I have no faith in this Washington team. I think they're pretty bad. I think they got lucky and beating the Giants last week. But uh, it is the Cleveland Browns we're talking about. Um, my my uh, my wonderful numbers here have this is about uh, Cleveland should be about six point underdogs to Washington. Current number is uh, in the eight to nine range. So uh, do with it what you want. But uh, I think Cleveland's a pretty decent strong play this week. As they've been the past couple weeks, uh, generally I like to find myself on teams that the uh, the people do not like. Um, I I think Washington wins this game somehow because they're at home. Uh, but I I would not be shocked if uh, Big Jim and I are dealt a loss with this game. So um, I'm taking Washington, but I think this is going to be a good competitive game between two terrible teams. All right, let's go 4.05 p.m. Denver at Tampa Bay on CBS. I have Denver as a three-point favorite. I like the Broncos. Tampa Bay is just finding a way to to lose each and every week. I think that continues. I like the Broncos. Not so fast, Big Jim. Tampa Bay upsets Denver this week. All right. 
So that looking over our oh, looking over the sheet is the fourth game that you and I uh, differ on, and I'll I'll recap those when we uh, when we get to the end. Then we got the Los Angeles Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Arizona licking the wounds from Buffalo uh, last week. Yeah, I did say that. Uh, eight point favorite Arizona at home. I think they come back. I think they're going to be angry, and I think they're going to take it out on the Rams. Uh, Arizona wins this I agree. One. I'm, t- I'm on Arizona. All right, so we got that one. Then we got uh, New Orleans at San Diego, 425 on Fox. Uh, coming off the short week, traveling out west. I don't like New Orleans winning here, so I'm going to go San Diego. But this game is going to be ugly. Oops, sorry, I hit the mute button. I... Uh... I'm in agreement there, sir. Okay. All right. So we got uh, we got that one. Just a couple more games left here. Dallas of at San Francisco, 4:25 p.m. Uh, from Levi Stadium. The Cowboys may not have Des Bryant uh, with them. They are a two and a half point favorite. Des uh, revealed today has a hairline fracture in his leg. Uh, they're saying it'd be day to day. The the worst timetable. Um, I've seen is saying four to six weeks. So Des Bryant's going to be out zero to six weeks. Uh, take that as you will, folks. Uh, I don't think they would need him. I'd rather see the Cowboys just sit him this week. I think they can win without him. Uh, the, the defense actually, uh, I think, gaining a little bit of confidence. They have a long way to go, uh, but uh, I think that they uh, can beat the uh, the 49ers. So, of course, I'm taking my Cowboys. Man, this is uh this is another one that uh my my power ranking in this one have uh have your your Dallas Cowboys and the the San Francisco 49ers separated by under 2 points. I really really want to go against your Cowboys in this one, but I have absolutely no faith in Gabba 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 Gabbert. <laughs> so I'm unfortunately going to have to side with you and go with the damn Cowboys, but this is one I hope we both get rung up for in a loss. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, it could certainly happen, but uh, the, uh, the the Dak Prescott has, has looked very good. Of course, this is the first week of bye weeks, folks. Green Bay and Philadelphia are both off, so if you're wondering why we haven't picked either of those teams, uh, they're off, which may be the best thing um, – for for fans uh, at the NFC East that aren't Eagles fans, because maybe some of that momentum they have is going to slow down. Uh, speaking of uh, moment, who would have thought going into this bye week that Philadelphia would be three and zero and Green Bay would be two and one? Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, as much as it, as, as much as it digs into your heart, um, it, it's worth saying the the Eagles have looked pretty damn good so far this year and. Um, I have I have bumped them up in my ratings pretty darn significantly at the moment. Uh, not so much for how Carson Wentz and the company has looked, but how for how freaking good that defense has looked. Uh, I think they've allowed 24 points so far this year, which is uh, actually less than or equal to what the Colts scored in the first half of their first game. So um, I, I have been thoroughly impressed with the Philadelphia Eagles so far and that uh that pains me to say but uh 
I, I also have to give credit where it's due. And uh, I, I was a little leery going into the game last week that they were going to be able to handle Pittsburgh. Uh, granted, Pittsburgh had a lot of uh, injuries early, but uh, the Eagles were able to handle Pittsburgh. And uh, I, I think handle might even be an understatement. That was a game that they thoroughly dominated. And I uh, Granted, for the Steelers fans that are listening, the last time that the, the Eagles beat the Steelers, uh, the Steelers ended up in the Super Bowl against Arizona, so I'm throwing that out there. But, uh, it's a good thing for you Steelers fans when the Eagles beat you, um, but we'll leave it at that. Uh, but definitely an impressive game for the Eagles yeah. last week. Yeah, this is, for me, it's the verbal equivalent of me throwing myself in front of a freight train, uh, but I can't, in, in good conscience, deny... Uh, how good the Eagles have looked. I mean, Wentz has looked great. Um, you know, the offense is running well, but that defense just is just straight nasty. It really is. Um, through the first three weeks, the only two quarterbacks in the NFL who uh, have have played all three weeks and have not turned the ball over are Dak Prescott and uh, and Carson Wentz. So um, it's pretty crazy to to think that too with some of the quarterbacks. Uh, that that are playing in this league, um, but yeah, the Eagles, uh, the Eagles definitely looking good. I thought going into this year um, that uh, the, the the Cowboys were going to be kind of the clear cut favorite. Uh, then Romo goes down. You know, Prescott looks surprisingly good, but uh, the Eagles right now looking like the uh, team to beat in that division. So um, we'll see if the momentum gets slowed down here at all coming off the bye week. But uh, very impressive to start the year, especially. Um, really just kicking the ever living shit out of Pittsburgh, which, uh, yeah, you know, that's one of those games where I, I, I just don't even know how to exist in that world because I hate both teams so much. But, uh, speaking of hate in the Pittsburgh Steelers Sunday night, the Kansas city chiefs come into Heinz field, uh, eight 40 PM, uh, eight 30 PM, sorry, on NBC. Um, can the Steelers recover? Uh, I think they can. Um, I think it's going to be close, but I think they pick up the win, uh, just because they're at home. Uh, they're a five and a half point favorite. I think that that might be uh, weirdly a little bit high. Um, but, uh, I will take Pittsburgh and I'm doing that with a little bit of nervousness. See, big Jim, I think I have an opposite viewpoint on that, but I think that five and a half is a little low. I think Pittsburgh rolls in this game pretty easily. I believe they get Le'Veon Bell back this week. Uh, I might be mistaken on that, but I believe no. Bell you are right. You are right. They do. But D'Angelo Williams has been very have, good, though. That quote on the air. Do we have that quote on the air that you just said I was right? Uh I don't know. I blacked out for a second. I'm like on the floor in shock that you finally admitted it after eight years of friendship. It, it was correct. it was bound to happen at some point. What's a great feeling because I think Pittsburgh rolls in this game, so we can both circle them. All right, and then Monday night, the New York Giants traveled to the Minnesota Vikings, who are a five-point favorite. Of course, Adrian Peterson out, Teddy Bridgewater out for the entire year. Um, a five-point favorite Minnesota team, and I think just based on their defense. I mean, Sam Bradford ha has looked decent enough. Uh, that running game is still putrid, uh, but this Minnesota Vikings defense is 
when we when we look back on it, you know, obviously barring in any injuries or anything like that, but but if this defensive unit can can stay healthy, um, we might talk about them as one of the best, in, at least in the modern NFL. Uh, this, this defense is just dirty. They really are, and I don't mean that in like a uh, you know in a negative way. I mean this they just are straight up a a mean, hard hitting solid defense and, and and probably the best in the league right now. So I have Minnesota winning. Wow. Interesting pick there, sir. I, uh, I watched a lot of this Carolina, Minnesota game and I was ultimately frustrated. And that was ultimately, but I choked on a pretzel a little bit while saying that, but I am all, I was ultimately frustrated by the sheer fact that this Minnesota team are very good on the defensive front, but I think there is a huge opportunity for them to throw a lot of screens underneath against them. And Carolina was too freaking bullheaded to do it. They tried to go for the 20 yard home run, but the, the zero yard that to Fozzie Whitaker and et cetera, the zero to five yard screen pass and draws were open all day. Um, granted, with this being said, I think there was a huge loss to New York in Marine being hurt. And I believe he's on IR now at this point. But I think New York goes into Minnesota and wins this game. All right. there. That's the fifth game that you and I differ on. So we have uh, the only games we differ on are India-Jacksonville. You're taking the Colts. I'm taking Jacksonville. This one uh, being played at Wembley Stadium, uh, I have wow, the. Wow, that's like a that's like our uh, season picks for the year that you love Jacksonville <laughs> and I stop on them. Um, we got Seattle. Uh, I have Seattle going into New York Jets and winning. Uh, you have the Jets. Uh, I have your Panthers beating the Falcons. You have your Panthers losing to those Falcons. Uh, I have the Bron- I hope I go four and one, and that's the only game I'm correct <laughs> on for the record. I have uh, I have the Broncos uh, beating the Buccaneers. You have the Buccaneers winning at home, and then of course you have the Giants going into Minnesota uh, and winning. I have the Vikings picking up the win on Monday night. So, Dave, uh, any uh, closing thoughts before we wrap this thing up and put a bow on it and send everybody on their merry way? I just want to, before I think about a closing thought, I just want to let you know that we have three games different, and I have given you Minnesota, Carolina, and Denver. Actually, four games. I'll even throw in Seattle in there. If I come out of those games two and two, I think it should be considered a win. Well, and I think it proves it. Well, and it will also prove your point about parity in the NFL. My point's already been proven, so we don't need to do that. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to laugh hardcore if I go three and one or four and zero oh in those games because you would never, ever expect that given that. So I don't know that it's going to happen, but I think those games are a lot closer than anyone thinks that they are. I think this Monday night game is going to be an extremely interesting game. I just hope that we have the um, Eli, the Super Bowl Eli Manning, not the get the Eli Manning show up. Because if Eli Manning that's in a Super Bowl shows up, this is going to be a hell of a game on Monday night. Fair enough, Dave. Uh, let's uh, give him your uh, give him your Twitter. 
and uh, we'll let you go, and then I'm going to close this thing out. Definitely. Uh, Twitter is uh, at dgerhart 24 uh, Definitely uh, excited for the football game this weekend. Uh, definitely thank all the, the listeners. Uh, I know a couple of you uh, texted that you're listening, and uh, definitely appreciate that. Uh, hope you uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, hope uh, you're okay with me bragging on Big Jim so much. Uh, everyone knows he deserves it, uh, and everyone's going to be super happy when my lead increases in this coming week. Um, but I, I, I think it's a uh, – I, I don't think the college game is quite as good as – the college slate of games is quite as good as it was last week. But I still think, uh, considering some of the weeks that we've had to start out this year, I think this is a pretty good college slate. Uh, that Louisville-Clemson game is going to be absolutely phenomenal to watch. If you're a fan of college football and you're not watching this game – Then you're not a fan of college football. Well, there, there's some excuses. But well, we right. That on the air. We want to try and keep this PG-13, but well, if you um, have a real excuse, I mean, but if you're if you're just not watching it, then you fail. Well, I mean, if you're trying to watch like Notre Dame get beat by Syracuse, then I'm just gonna uh, let that it that one's that game that week. game's at noon. That'll my my dreams will long be crushed by the time that uh, Louisville and Clemson kick off. So then I'm glad Clemson can further pull me ahead of you at that point. <laughs> but um, I, I do, I do want to touch on the Notre Dame game really quick. This is going to be a very interesting game. Uh, you're going to be, you're going to be interested watching this because Syracuse runs an up tempo. Um, they might have one of the fastest offenses in the country, actually. So Notre Dame's um, effed is, is what actually, you're telling me. Yeah, this is actually a, this is actually a spot before your your BVG firing. That I really, really, really like Syracuse to cover the number. Um, this this was projected prior to last week, or prior to Van Gorder being gone, uh, close to the fourteen to seventeen range, and it's down to ten at this point. Um, Syracuse is a live dog in this situation. They have a chance at winning this game outright, as much as that pains your ears. But as quick as they run offense, their offense. They have a legitimate shot at coming out and beating Notre Dame. Um, if, if Notre Dame hadn't changed coordinators, I really like Syracuse in this game, but I'm not so sure that you don't get a max effort out of Notre Dame this coming week. Um, I don't want to go down to the game, or I don't want to go into the game with you at all because I'm going to hear this, Notre Dame this, Notre Dame that, Notre Dame this, Notre Dame that. No one cares. They've lost three games. They're done. I, all I'm going to say, all I'm going to say about it is, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Notre Dame did lose this game. At this point, it, it wouldn't surprise me. So that that's that's my uh, my breakdown of the game. I think Notre Dame should win, but that doesn't mean jack shit this year. And see, the sheer fact that you said that you like Notre Dame, or you think that Notre Dame might lose makes me want to turn and say that I like Notre, I like to back Notre Dame laying the touchdown in this game. Generally, when everyone likes a team, it's good to get on the other side. <laughs> but with, that all, with, with, with that all being said, um, I am planning to go to the Penn State-Minnesota uh, game this week, so uh, that should be interesting. I uh, really don't know what to expect. I don't know if Penn State has any linebackers this week. Uh, everyone has... Uh, kind of gotten hurt so it's going to be interesting to see how Penn State does this week 
Um, but uh, definitely a good slate of college games. Uh, again, I don't think there's a real marquee NFL game this week. It's crucial. It's early still. But I think it's going to be very interesting to see the parity in the league again. Um, <coughs> I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, and I, would, I, would, I hope everyone has a great weekend and enjoys all the great football games. And uh, we thank you for listening to us and listening to Big Jim. Uh, everyone loves me, but uh, putting up with Big Jim on the air as well is uh, <laughs> greatly appreciated. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll respond to any questions or anything else you have on the Facebook page or uh, Twitter. Uh, you can always tweet at me uh, at dgerhart 24 um, Until next week, uh, when my lead in both NCAA and I've taken the lead back in NFL, We'll catch you on the flip side. All right, uh, Dave, have a good one, man. We'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. So there we go, guys. That show's in the book. It's funny. Dave keeps uh, talking about how his little lead's going to keep growing, keep growing, keep growing. And each week I chip away at the uh, at the college football one, and I keep my league keeps growing uh, in the NFL. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. We have a, a, a great slate, and uh, we again, we thank you for tuning in uh, this week. Again, we apologize for last week. For, uh, for missing this show, but thanks to Dave. Thank you for listening in. We know we had a bunch of uh, people listening live. We appreciate that. Visit us facebook.com slash huddle up podcast. You can follow me at Big Jim Sports. You can follow all of the shows on the NGSC Sports Radio Network by going to Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, search NGSC. Follow NGSC Sports on Twitter and Facebook at NGSC Sports. Go to NGSCSports.com. The homepage is all the written content, all the bonus coverage, and much, much more. Again, he Live each and every week here at Wednesday nights, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It is the Huddle Up Podcast. We thank you for listening in. Have a great week. Stay safe. And until next time, go for the win. Visit the web store on www.iempower.com to find out more. That's i-em-power.com. Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you.